Be welcome in the precious name of our Lord and we would like to welcome all those in a special way who are here today for the first time. And we expect that you feel at home in our midst and that you like to hear the word of God. Then we greet from this place all brothers and sisters. One could almost say all over the earth, on this continent, from Finland up to Palermo, from Romania up to wherever it might be. Then in all of Africa, and other parts of the world, and especially from South America, from Chile, from all our brothers and from all our sisters, they are sending greetings, and we also are greeting all. Then in Africa, from Nairobi to Kinshasa, 
from the various countries and cities, from Johannesburg, from Cape Town, yes, Bujimai, really from all over. We are joined with our brothers and sisters and we wish all God's blessing. Let us just sing one song today from the small booklet, from the chorus booklet. Chorus booklet. Perhaps all can sing it internationally. They come from the east and west. Kommen von Ost und West, sie kommen von Süd und Nord. Sie sitzen beim Mann im himmlischen Saal und hören des Heilands Wort. Und sie dort Singen Jubellieder dort in alle Ewigkeit. Kommen von stürmischer Flut, sie kommen vom Dorfgepfad. Sie kommen vom Berg, sie kommen vom Tal, zum Ort, wo die Seele Das sie treffen den Bräutigam, der sie einst mit Blut hat, am harten Kreuze Dort sammelt der Herr die Schar, erlöst von der Erde Sünde und Not, nicht Krankheit und Tod, nicht nach kann dort jemals sein. Das Alte, es ist vorbei, der Herr machte alles neu. Lob und Preis dem Land, er klingt für seine Gnade und Von stürmischer Flut, sie kommen vom Dorfgepfad, sie kommen vom Berg, sie kommen vom Tal, zum Ort, wo die Seele ruht. Sie schauen sein Haar, ein Ja, 
Maybe seated. Now I would like to ask that our brothers who were accompanying me on my Africa trip that they come for one moment upon the platform. Them we would like to greet them and we would like to give them the opportunity to give us a word of greeting. I think the brothers, they know who they are. They know who they are. Brother Tati comes, then our brother, yes, comes also with. So, we truly, brother, please, Where do we have Brother Tati? Is he on top? I think Brother Tati. Here he is. Who else? So, this here is the team. Come a bit closer. Which was with me and with Brother Wolfgang Payer on this missionary journey through four countries of Central Africa. It went exactly seven times up with, with the plane and again down 14 times with scheduled flights and three times with private planes. Where no, where no normal flights were available. Brother Tati, please translate. Now, as the last, our brother Tati. Make a, a preaching alive and also put the brake on. But, but this brother really translated in a very tremendous way. The Lord God bless you. God bless you. Dieu soit avec toi. Mon ami. God bless you. Amen. 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 Yes, it was truly. A, the best planned journey ever. And I read you now the cities where we were, just briefly, from Nairobi, it went to Point Noir, from there to Brazzaville, from there to Lubumbashi, from there to Mbujimai, from there it went on to Kinshasa, from there to Kisangani, then to Goma, Yes, and then 
to Bujumbura and then to Kigali. And altogether, between 75 and 80,000 people have heard the word of God in these 10 days. The greatest number, so the, the brothers are saying, were 18,000 in the stadium in Kinshasa. We are very grateful to God for the open doors and for the open hearts which he has given. And as our brother said, for the clarity which God has given us in his word by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And Brother Schmidt, he was reading already the right word. As Paul then, so we can say today, not learned in a lesson, not sitting at the, at the feet of some men, but received by the revelation of Jesus Christ, by His grace. <clears throat> at this occasion, I would like, of course, to thank all the brothers in these countries of Africa and all over, to thank them with all my heart. Because I come there once in a few years, but the brothers, they are there, and there they are doing their ministry under all circumstances, which sometimes can exist in such countries. We thank God for all the brothers who carry the same word and who remain in the word by His grace. Yes, this would be to say for this journey. Once again, thank you to all the brothers who were accompanying me, also were accompanying Brother Paya. It was one of the most blessed journeys and unforgettable trips which we ever made. In the morning, just to say it briefly, in the morning, at 9 o'clock, there were about 8,000 people gathered in Bujimai. At afternoon, the flight to Kinshasa, then it went to the stadium, and from the stadium, it went to the third meeting, which was on the other side of the city. And also there, a couple of thousand people were gathered. Just to bring it to the point, God has given grace to this journey. And I would like to thank all for their prayers. Then just briefly, before the sisters will sing us a song, and then we come to the word observation. Uh, just briefly, I would like to go into these timely events now. This is not our subject. We will not uh, use this time today for this. But so much we all understood so far that we arrived in the end time and that there is no, really no solution in any area. And here we have especially 
the news from the Vatican. It says, Catholics, the only true church of Christ. We all heard about it. It's written in the internet. It's written in all the newspapers, in all the weekly magazines. What, of what all was said and what is being claimed. The more, the more we must emphasize that we let only the word of God count. God's word alone and nothing else. Not what people are saying, but what God said to us in his word. And whoever thinks properly, he will know by himself that a church which was formed hundreds of years later since the so-called turning point of Constantine in the Roman Empire, it was formed. And then state and church were doing their things together. Everybody knows that this cannot be the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ, but that it was a political, religious uniting at that time, and today it's again a political, religious uniting. I don't want to go into all these remarks here. In the next announcement from the Vatican, it says, Holy See and Israel are making an essential progress. Also, very, very interesting in what kind of way the negotiations are now coming into the hands of the Vatican. What, of course, shocks me very much is what, is, has, what has taken place in our country. On the 11th of July, at the quarter to one in the afternoon, there was a movie shown in which the Bible was burned. The Bible was publicly burned in this movie. And there was a big uproar in some Christian magazines. But that man, who has the responsibility for it, he said, he said the following to the magazine Ideospectrum. He said that he used the burning Bible because fundamentalists are using the Bible namely as a instrument of punishment with a threatening of the condemnation in eternal fire. There a man takes himself the right to burn the Bible with the argument that therein is the threatening that people who are not saved that they are lost. Instead of beating on his chest and saying, if this is so, then I ask you, beloved Lord, for salvation of my soul. And then, what is really the hammer here? 
Dalai Lama and the largest German weekly magazine brings him on the front page. Welcome, Your Holiness. We don't want to go into this. I just say this, that people have lost the taste and the orientation. They lost it totally. What shall a homosexual man do with this? If it is written here, the God who can be touched, the greatest weekly magazine in Germany, on the front page, where did everything come to? Not in Buddhism, also not in Christendom. In no religion is salvation, but only in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then just the last one here, with that miracle chamber of nature, where the biblical creation report is called a fable. And the theory of Mr. Darwin is presented to be true. No man can forget himself more. But we all know that scoffers will come on the scene at the end of days who do not stop before anything, not before God, not before God's word. They don't stop for, before everything, anything. And this shows us how late it is on the world clock. And then, as the last, and after we have heard the song, we go into our word observation. Also this, nobody can bypass. That now, all over, only military arming is taking place. Did you all follow this in the news? What kind of billions upon billions Mr. Bush is spending in the Gulf region? All shall be brought up to date. And in Poland and in Czech Republic, the newest defense systems are being put up. And here, behold, Putin is arming Syria with billions. And he says, hello to our friend in Libya. All is taking their course and the world will go up in flames. The preparations are taking place on high speed. Brothers and sisters, these are not our subjects, but I just say this. Because we see also therein how late it is and that we are not only living in the end time, but that we reached at the end of the end time. May the Lord give us grace. Now, may our sisters sing us a song for the glory of the Lord. And then we go into our word observation. Once again, be welcome. And once again, be all blessed all over the earth wherever you are listening and are watching.
Wo 
die erlöste Schar, fern von Gefahr, wo keine Träne rinnt, wo man nicht Fröbsal findet, dort ist mein Heimatland im Paradies, wo keine Träne rinnt, wo man nicht Tröpsel findet, dort ist mein Heimatland im Paradies. Thank you. Another songwriter sings, My home is there on high, where one knows nothing of sorrow and tears. As we were singing this song, in the third stanza, the sentence was, The old is past. And it was very nigh to me to sing, The old age is over. The old age is over. There will be an eternal youth of, from getting old, of sorrow and tears. There will be no trace anymore, no gray hair, no wrinkle in the face, nothing like this. In the prime of life and youth we will be. That's how it is written in the prophet. I believe Job was also a prophet. That's how it is written there. That will be transferred back into our youth. You all know in which chapter. I don't think I have to look it up here. Our subject today is the responsibility before God. Responsibility before God. In connection with the plan of salvation of our God. With the promises of God. With that, what God planned in His Word. What He purposed and decided in his plan of salvation from eternity. With this, the thought came to me that all the men of God who had a call, who received a commission from God, with this, they also received a special responsibility before God and mankind to carry out the commission which they received according to the will of God. I was thinking here on Moses, on some prophets, and then of course also in particular on the beginning of the New Testament where God really fulfilled promises and then presenting these promises to the people in the fulfillment. Then we come really up into our time. 
God does all things according to His word. And every man whom He ever sent had a very special commission which was connected to the plan of salvation, which was connected to that what God planned for all the time. And at certain times, he let it happen. Oh my. Mm. And if we go straight to the beginning, to the founding of the New Testament church, that was Peter, whom God has chosen as the man of the first hour to preach the first sermon and, and that what God decided to tell it to the people. What sticks out to us is right in Acts chapter 1 but that our Lord those whom he had chosen that he first he taught them and then he revealed himself to them as the risen one and gave them instructions here in Acts chapter 1 we read from verse 2 of Jesus our Lord that he was teaching them until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen giving them his commandments and then he was taken up in verse 3 to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and then we come straight to chapter 2, to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we see in what kind of way the first sermon was preached and that the command was given to carry out the baptism of the believers in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us come to chapter 3. Here we have Peter and John, who at the ninth hour are coming into the temple for prayer. And behold, there is a lame man, and he looks at the apostles, and Peter says in Acts chapter 3, in verse 6, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up 
and walk. And then we know what this has triggered, what this has triggered. And right in chapter 4, Peter and John are called to account about what happened in the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 4, here it is repeated in verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom he crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole, by the name of Jesus Christ. And then comes prison, then comes some kind of things. And then it says here, in verse 17, Acts 4, verse 17, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. This one has to imagine that they should from henceforth speak to no man in the name of Jesus. And then comes verse 18. Verse 18. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. And now comes this very special statement of Peter and of John. Verse 19. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. The same we say today. Judge for yourselves in all churches and denominations, in all religions and philosophies. Judge yourselves. Would it be right to obey man more than God? And then comes the answer of the Apostle Peter or of the both. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Here we have the pattern from the beginnings of the New Testament Church. Whatever happened, prayer, baptism, 
healings of the sick. Whatever happened, this happened in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because this is the name in which is all of the salvation of God. The name which is above every name. And then we are already at that point Write that name which is used so much by the charismatics for the healings of the sick and used for the miracles but they refuse to obey and be baptized biblically in the name of Jesus Christ. What convinces so powerfully of the apostles is that they were eye and ear witnesses, not from hearsay. They witnessed everything personally, the ministry of our Lord, his sufferings, his dying, his resurrection, his ascension. And therefore, Peter could say here, Verse 20 once again, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. This Peter testifies when he speaks of the return of Jesus Christ in a very special way. In Second Peter, in Second Peter, in chapter 1, from verse 16, here it says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And just imagine, now Peter testifies in the next verse, verse 18, and this voice which sounded from heaven, we heard this voice, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Peter writes here, This voice we have heard sounding from heaven when we were with him in the holy mount. This is Matthew chapter 17. In Matthew chapter 3, and perhaps I should just mention this briefly. In the recent days, I especially I was thinking about the adoption as sons. Brother Brenham 
of course, preached uh, four sermons about it. And he made the comparison with Galatians chapter 4, that between a servant and between a son, there is no difference as long as the heir is not of age. As long as the heir is not of age. There is no difference between him and a servant. He is under a guardian. Others are deciding still over him and not he is deciding yet over everything. And then Brother Brenham lined out it is about the adoption of sons. Let me just touch upon it briefly. Our Lord was of course begotten and born of the Spirit. This we all know. You can read it. Matthew 1, Luke 1, the Son of God was born. But then came the moment of the nomination, the nomination to the ministry. You can all read it. With 12 years, our Lord was in the temple. He spoke with the scribes about the word of God. But then came the moment of the nomination or adoption. And connected with it, the ministry started. Let us go to Matthew 3. Here we have the baptism of our Lord. And already the first time where the voice sounded from heaven. And then of course came the test. And this is also a very important point. Here in Matthew chapter 3 we have from verse 13 to 17 the report about that what happened, namely about the baptism of our Lord of John in the river Jordan and then came the voice here it is written in verse 17 and lo, a voice from heaven sounded this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased Whoever reads Matthew 17, there the words are added, Hear ye him. Here is the confirmation. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And then came the test. Then came the test. Satan attacked him. And the test came only with scriptures. And this we all must understand. The enemy comes with scriptures to bring us by them to, to the fall. The Lord resisted him. And every time he answered him with the scripture, it is also written. And brothers and sisters, this is our test until this day. If, for instance, the theologians write about Genesis 1, let us make man. And then they really, really, I have it here, 
in the one brochure. Then they let their fantasy run wild. And they speak about a trinity, which is in an imagination, which somebody was hanging once upon a time in the air. But there it says, it is written, yes, but where does it say that this is written about persons of God? Right afterward it says, and man became like one of us. It's also written in chapter 3. And in chapter 11 it says, let us go down. Let us see whether the things are so as they were told to us. The word us, one just has to place biblically in the Bible. And not just saying, oh, here it is written. And then let the fantasy run wild. But going from scripture to scripture until one has an overall view and until one has the true revelation about that, what God wanted to say to us in his word. Mm. And only then, perhaps, this would be a word for all the brothers who already believe that the Lord has come already. One calls this doctrine Perugia. And there are indeed people on the earth who believe that the Lord came already. And the misunderstanding is just therein that they again use their mind. And they are saying, as John the Baptist at that time introduced Jesus, so Brother Branham had to introduce Jesus Christ at his lifetime. They didn't go back to the word of God. They didn't read that right after the test was ended, it says in the same chapter, in Matthew chapter 4, from verse 12, it says, Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. He left Nazareth. We can all read on. And then it says in verse 17, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John was no more on the earth when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. He was pointing to him two times and in a row he said, Behold, this is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. In the same way, Brother Brenham spoke of the bridegroom of our souls. Behold, the bridegroom cometh Go ye out to meet him. But this doesn't say that the bridegroom then already came already. Here, in John, in chapter 1, in verse 29, it says, The next day, John sees Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And then once again, 
Behold the Lamb of God. In verse 36. And looking upon Jesus, as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. But, this of course was not the suffering and dying of our Lord. First, he had, he had his ministry. And then came the direct suffering and dying. By the way, the message is forerunning the second coming of Christ. So that the calling out and separation can take place. And all the true believers, and this must be really emphasized with all seriousness, that all true believers are coming into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And if we read in Galatians chapter 4 that the Son, the heir, is not of age and then has, of course, to wait for the nomination, for the adoption, then with this one has to go to Ephesians in chapter 4 where in verse 14 is written, Ephesians 4, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive the spiritual immaturity is manifested therein that we one day believe like this and one day believe this one day running after this doctrine and then running after another doctrine the maturity testifies that by the power of divine revelation we are grounded upon the foundation of the word and that no wind of doctrine can toss us to and fro anymore. And then, and then, we become the word bride. Really, the word bride. And you all know, especially the term logos, time and again it was emphasized. It's a Greek word which comes from the Hebrew word dabar. And the Hebrew word dabar means really word and command at the same time. Both at the same time. Word and command at the same time. The Greeks, they put a bit of fantasy to it. But we believe that Jesus Christ was in the beginning, not as Son, as Lord, as the I Am, walking already in the Garden of Eden. Yahweh, Yahweh of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New Testament, the same yesterday, today and forever. Nothing has to be interpreted, but 
It has to be believed, as the Holy Scripture says it. The other article refers to Genesis chapter 18, where the Lord, with two angels, visits Abraham, sitting down with him. And then the claim, this was the Holy Trinity. No, and again, no. It's impossible. And if in the Vatican, on the 13th of July, it was published, that God could not have been alone. Otherwise, he could not have laughed. Then he would have laughed himself. Somebody had to be there so that he can prove his love and show his love. All these arguments, we can forget them. The sooner we forget them, the sooner we are helped. God, of course, didn't prove his love to show his love to a second God, but God so much loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son so that all who believe on him should not perish but have eternal life. We have heard from Galatians. Let me read from chapter 1, verse 1. Galatians, chapter 1. Here Paul comes to his call, to his commission. And he says here, Paul, Galatians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Here is a divine legitimation, a divine call, a divine commission. And with this, of course, was a high ministry connected. Yes, a great responsibility was connected. We already said, Peter, the man of the first hour, he had a great responsibility already on the first day of the New Testament church. But then, Paul was called. And his responsibility was already a bit larger, not only about faith and baptism and repentance, he for the whole church, the whole church order with the gifts, with the ministries, with the elders, with everything what goes with it, with the church, this all, he placed everything biblically. And he could say, I didn't receive it by man, but I received it from God. And therefore, the word which he preached, the divine order which he had given to the church along their way, this is of divine origin. And we have to stick to this. And we will, and all will stick to it, who are born of God. Let us make a jump to John on the Isle of Patmos. And let me, let me read this here for an introduction. John on the Isle of Patmos. 
to him the last things were shown up to the new heaven and the new earth. And we have the insight into that, what God revealed to him. The important thing is, is here, everything is important, but in Revelation chapter 1, right from verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. And now it comes. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw of all things that he saw before what Peter has seen what John has seen on the Mount of Transfiguration now John is on the Isle of Patmos and to him all of the time period is shown he sees in visions he sees in pictures he sees everything what would happen until the end of time and with this he received a great responsibility from God to pass on to all servants of God things which were shown to him what he has heard what was revealed to him to pass it on so that they can pass it on to the church. And then the seven churches are addressed and in verse 7 his coming is described in the clouds. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. And then, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, the same yesterday, today and forever. He reveals himself in various ways, but he always remains one and the same. In verse 10 we read, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Also about this, things are written. Many are writing that it was the Saturday, others are writing it was the Sunday. No, it was the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord, as it is written here. And there's not one single scripture which would say that the Sabbath is the Lord's day. And there's not one single scripture which would say that the Sunday is the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is described to us in all of the Old and New Testament, beginning 
with Isaiah 13 from verse 6 and Joel and all the prophets up to the New Testament. John has really seen everything what would happen until the end of time. And here it's again written very clearly Verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I'm, what I see is write in a book and send it unto the seven churches. And then the churches are listed. So, with a call, with a commission, was always a great responsibility before God connected. My question is, what kind of responsibility do we have today? For what are we responsible before God? For what? Of course, most certainly for what God promised for our time. And for that, what He is doing right now. And beloved, one can read easily over it that the Lord God has sent His angel. But one sees how important it was for God. How important it was for God. Is it important for you? Is it important for me? Do you want to hear what God really revealed? I spared you of this. But in the USA, there's really a charismatic who went totally mad and who com commands all that they write the number 666 upon their forehead and upon their hand. It's really incomprehensible of what is happening on the earth. And then he writes, only when all the church doors are closed, then the true church will come on the scene. Brothers and sisters, we need the word of our God, the word of prophecy, the divine orientation, more than ever before. And if we hear that also Brother Brenham had this supernatural experiences, then it confirms only that not a man was sitting there and letting his fantasy run somehow wild, but that the God of heaven has taken the matter so seriously with us and with the church, with all the promises which are in the word, he took them so seriously that he spoke out a divine call and that he gave a commission. And therefore, let me, let me claim here, whoever bypasses what Peter was commanded on the first day, whoever bypasses this contemptuous, he bypasses God's decision. He bypasses what God's call and sending purposed 
and what was said to the church on the founding day of the New Testament church. It doesn't help to speak nicely about the matter. Important is the respect before the word of God. Not signs and wonders are the legitimation. But what does the scripture say? Always and time and again, we must again come back to the point, what does the Holy Scripture say? What does God's Word say? And we see John was banned to the Isle of Patmos for the sake of the Word of God and for the sake of the testimony of Jesus. And then we read in the book of Revelation, in chapter 19, of the bride, of the Lamb, that only she has the testimony of Jesus, and that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And then we see the connection between the first chapter and between all the other chapters up to the bride, which will sing the great hallelujah in glory. Revelation, chapter 19, from verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God, omnipotent, reigneth, this is the one point. And verse 7, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his bride has made herself ready, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Then he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. What do we want more? These are the true sayings of God. Blessed are they who are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Brothers and sisters, do we invite here for meetings or do we invite to the marriage supper of the Lamb? Is here a religious business going on? Is here charismatic being done? Are here celebrated men? Or is here the call given to the bride? It is about the bride church, which is now being called out. He doesn't say, blessed are the foolish virgins, but blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And because the word already was in my mouth, with the virgins, brothers and sisters, let us imagine now, let us visualize, Israel was called a virgin 
in the Old Testament. Mary, a virgin, and then the true who are ready at the return of the Lord, they are the wise virgins. What happened with Mary? She received the word of promise and the Holy Spirit came upon her and the Son of God was born. What is the difference? I'm asking you. I'm asking you with all seriousness. What is the difference between the foolish and the wise? All are anointed. That's how it is written. All have lamps. All have illumination. All are going out to meet the bridegroom. What is the difference? The true bride church hears the word of promise. As Mary, as Mary heard the word of promise. She was a virgin. Just go to Revelation chapter 14 of the 144,000 virgins from the 12 tribes of Israel. Why? Because they were not defiled. One has to read this. This is the purification of all defilement. The coming out from everything what is not in line with God and His word. Therefore, we have truly a great responsibility. And brothers and sisters, may this not shock you. We have today a greater responsibility as Peter had it, as Paul had it, as our brothers had it in the past. Today, we have the responsibility for everything. What Peter, what John, what, what Paul, what all the apostles, what, what was written up to the book of Revelation. For this, we have today the responsibility that it is given to God's people in such a way as it was given here in the original. And with this, with this we truly have a very great responsibility. Let us take it as it is. When John was on the Isle of Patmos, I told it to you before, I was also on the Isle of Patmos. It's a stony island. I was reading the book of Revelation, all the 22 chapters, repeatedly. I was weeping and praying that God would uh, reveal His word to me. But John didn't have to place anything yet. He didn't, he, he, he couldn't say, uh, this in Revelation 13 happens this way and that way. Uh, the connection is here and there. This was not his task at all. His task was that what, what he sees and that what he hears, hears, heard, he should write it down. Our task today is that what he saw, that what he has written down, that we place it biblically in the plan of salvation. And that he showed to the people of God, that's how God said it in his word. And that's how it really takes place now before our very eyes. And you all know that Brother Branham, he was really the man sent from God. And I read you now a word from the book of Acts, which today came great to, became great to me. From the book of Acts. Here it should be. Yes. 
Acts 7. I don't know where it is now. I was just reading it. But where Moses was mediated between the angel who was on Mount Sinai, who spoke to him on Mount Sinai. Acts chapter 7. And I just mentioned this once again. So that you see that the supernatural always happened when God spoke out a call, when God gave a commission, then the heaven came down on earth. Supernatural happened. Here, Acts chapter 7, verse 38. This Moses is he that was in the church, in the wilderness, with the angel who spake to him in Mount Sinai and with our fathers. Who received the living oracles to give unto us. Who received the living oracles to give unto us. Here the angel of the covenant. He speaks with Moses. And Moses passes on the word to the church. These are messengers of God who are, in who are in connection with God and who are today connected with God to pass on the words, to pass on the words of God, to tell them and all who are of God, they will hear these words. If, for instance, Brother Brenham was told about the opening of the seals, then one has to imagine, one has to know that in the prophet Daniel it still says, it's still written in chapter 12, seal the book and the words until the end time. But not forever. Not forever. Only until the end time. Then, in the end time, the book has to be, have to be opened. Then the seals have to be loosed. Then we have to get inside by grace into that what God promised for us. And it must also be revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. My question, who can believe all this? That supernatural, be it with Moses, be it with the prophets, be it with John, Whatever it was, whomever it was, John the Baptist, to him was said, upon, you, upon whom you see the Holy Ghost descending and remaining on him, it is he who baptizes with the Holy Ghost and fire. Let us take Peter, let us take the apostles. Everywhere, God was working in a supernatural way. In the same way, it was with Brother Branham. And I was reading it again. It was really said three times in a row. It was said three times in a row. Look up on the 11th of June, 1933. And here Brother Bram says, Tonight, that same angel of God that's pictured on that paper and with this he means the pill of fire. Tonight, 
tonight. That same angel of God that, that's pictured on that paper is right here at this platform. What is it? It's the angel of the covenant. He is the Lord Jesus Christ identifying himself. But here's the point. One time he's called the angel of the covenant. Why? Angel means messenger. When he proclaims the covenant, then he is the angel of the covenant. Then it is about, it is about the message which belongs to the covenant. Time and again, one has to t pay attention. What was being, what was used? Where is he son of God? Where is he son of Abraham? Where is he savior? Where is he healer? Where is he the angel of the covenant? Where is the Alpha and Omega? The first and the last. One always has to pay attention to the connection. As we said, he's always the same. But he reveals himself in various ways. Always in connection with the plan of salvation. He's high priest. As high priest, his task is a totally different one. He's mediator. As mediator, his task is a totally different one. But he's all in all. He can be all in all. Even in the Re Revelation chapter 5. He's the lamb. And suddenly, John sees him as lion from the tribe of Judah. Yes, this is possible. The Lord can reveal himself in every way which just belongs to the plan of salvation. And then he continues here. And you can see it here. It's the same pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. He is here now. He is the angel of the covenant which was Christ Jesus. And he is here now. And Brother Branham really says how this light came down and how it remained over a person. And then he saw who the person is, what the person has. Then he saw the vision and he could tell to the person what's all about. I'll just read one more quote. Any Bible reader knows that the pillar of fire was the angel of the covenant. The Logos, here we have it, the Logos that went out of God in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The one who spoke, the one who commands. He spoke and it stood. It, it com he commanded and it stood there. But not a son yet. Not yet revealed in the son, in the flesh, but in the spiritual body in which he could also appear in the form of a man. I read once again. Any Bible reader knows that the pillar of fire was the angel of the covenant, the Logos that went out of God, which was Jesus Christ. And he died. He ascended up into heaven. Now, he is here tonight. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brothers and sisters, let us say it clearly. Let us say it honestly. What would we have of it if we would only know what God did 2,000 years ago? If we could not believe the promises for this time, 
What would we then believe? Exactly that what all the others believe in all the churches and denominations where they are having their own programs. We are not judging. We are not condemning any man. But the church of Jesus Christ has a right to it to hear the word of God with all the promises, with all the truth to hear it. Connected with the plea to believe it. To believe as the scripture has said. And then we come once again back to the beginning, Galatians 1, by the commission of God, being called by God, being commissioned by God, being sent by God, not by men, not being taught by men, but by revelation of Jesus Christ, received it. What was it, John? He was banned to the Isle of Patmos. And there he received the word and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Once again, back to Revelation 19. Brothers and sisters, it is about the calling out and preparation of the bright church of Jesus Christ. And I say to you openly, if you go with this scripture to someone in a, in a denomination, perhaps one would uh, look at you a bit strange, only to whom God really reveals it, whom God shows it, whom God can speak personally, only He understands it. What did our Lord say? That he opened to his own the understanding for the scripture. No one of them could have understood everything unless the understanding for the scripture would have been opened unto them. What is with you? What is with me? It is a gift of God. But now, right at the end, in closing, once again the emphasis. What kind of responsibility do we have today? All had their responsibility in the past. Up to Brother Branham. Moses at his time, Elijah at his day, Enoch, all had their responsibility before God at their time. John the Baptist, at his time. And say it honestly, was there one man at the same time with the same responsibility before God? No! There was only one promise. Behold, I sent my messenger before my face. There was only one promise. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Only one promise. And only one, fulfill one fulfillment, not two or three. One promise and one fulfillment. A man sent from God with the message of God to the people of God. Then Peter. There were not two or three Peter. One Peter is enough. And what God said through him and what he commanded through him is valid for all eternity. There was only one Paul. Not two or three. With a divine responsibility. And whatever he's written, whatever he taught, what, what he left to the church, this is valid for all eternity. The same 
with John the Baptist, as we said, then also with John on the Isle of Patmos. The responsibility all had, and also Brother Brenham. Brother Brenham had one of the main responsibilities, who really, in the Old and New Testament, what, whatever was written, to, to, tell, to tell it to the church. And his responsibility was very great. Ours is not smaller today. This responsibility I would like to transfer to all of the church. Also you are responsible for that what God has entrusted to us. And I thank you in, in particular for all the support, for all the prayers. And with, it, with this we feel the common responsibility which we have before God in this time. May the people scoff. May they say what they like. Perhaps they say even they are running after a man. We are not following any man. But when God gives the promise, behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes, then not three or four must come on the scene. Then one is enough who comes on the scene, who was ordained by God, who had a divine call, who had a commission. And with this he had a responsibility before God. And this responsibility Brother Branham had with a direct call and sending that he was sent with a message which foreruns the second coming of Christ. And brothers and sisters, we have the responsibility before the Almighty God to pro proclaim this message crystal clear with all truth to the people of God. And I say once again, whoever is of God, he hears the word of God. He hears the word of God. And whoever belongs to the bride church, he receives the testimony of Jesus. And the testimony of Jesus, that's how we read it here, is the spirit of prophecy. And how many times we have said it? Prophecy may not be interpreted, but it has to be seen in the fulfillment. And so we have really an, a summary and we emphasize it once again. Here it is about not our own will or disposal. Here it's not about a man. Here it is about God and His Word, about the plan of salvation of our God who is now coming to its fulfillment. Here it is about the greatest responsibility which there was ever on the earth. Namely, about the calling out and preparation of the true bright church of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I suggest to all, I almost would say, I command to all to believe the word. To be part of this flock. To be part of this flock. To be part of this flock. This multitude who will sing the great hallelujah in glory of this great multitude of which he said and his wife his bride has made herself ready and to her it was granted to be clothed in fine white linen then he said to me right blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb 
Those who were invited, they came, they were there, they were singing. Whoever reads Matthew 22, there the invited ones did not come. The others were invited, they didn't come. And then right at the end, go to the fences, go to the hedges and invite. These invited ones, they were there. I want to be part of them. And I want that you all are part of them. We are invited. We are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. To be there. To be there. We must believe what God promised to us in His Word. And we must have part in that, what He is doing right now. Did you all understand this so far? I hope, I hope that all brothers and all sisters all over the earth really have understood today it's not about a new denomination not about what people have in their programs but it is about that God has given promises and that he fulfills these promises in our days and that only those who are becoming of age they will receive the adoption as sons in them is being fulfilled Romans chapter 8 the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God brothers and sisters right at the end the church of the Lord as sons and daughters of God they will be manifested endured with the power from on high it will be the manifestation place of the living God here on this earth in full agreement with God and His Word and in full harmony also among one another. Let us take care that also among one another we become one heart and one soul and that the blood of the Lamb can cleanse us from all sin and guilt. Also of the sin of unbelief just purified, cleansed and that we are sanctified in the word of truth and the rest we leave up to God now may it become clear to all what kind of direct responsibility we are having in this time before God the highest responsibility which ever was on earth and may the Lord God give us the grace as now, as until now, so also until the end, until we together come from believing unto seeing. And I'm convinced He will do it. He who started, He will finish unto the day of His glorious return. I will all see you again in this multitude, in this multitude, because you believed and the word of prophecy you received and you got it revealed by God. And by this, you have the testimony of Jesus. You received it. Blessed and praised be our Lord and God, now and forever. Amen. Let us stand up. Let us pray. Before we pray, we can sing a chorus. 
Oh, it is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. As we are bowing our heads in prayer, as we are opening our hearts before God, I would like to ask both today. Firstly, who believes what the scripture says? Who believes how the scripture says it? Who receives it like this? I would like to hear it from you. Dear brothers and sisters, do you take responsibility together with us who we are carrying the word? The last message, the last message before the return of Jesus Christ. Then just say Amen. The whole world, all the brothers and sisters, they shall hear it. Then I have a second request. We have prayer requests. We have needs, troubles, be it personal kind or familiar kind, whatever it might be. Today it shall happen that God answers our prayers, that we are strengthened in our faith in such a way strengthened in such a way that we receive the promises which God has given us. Mm. I don't want to spend time. How many have a personal request? How many have a request for others? Raise your hand. Believe it. The hour of the glorification of the Son of God has come. The hour of the confirmation of the Word. The hour of the direct answering of prayers on the spot that we can take home for what we prayed for. Receive it by faith. Whatever is upon your heart, receive it. 
The days of the Bible are not about to come. The days of the Bible are here. The days of the Bible are here. The Lord is in our midst. He speaks with us. He reveals Himself to us. And He manifests His power and glory in all of us who we are today believing and who we are today receiving of what we are praying for. Let us sing the two stanzas only believe and let us already trust the Lord in the blessed assurance that today the Lord answers my prayer. Dear Lord, you are risen. All promises have become true. All promises are being fulfilled. Save what is lost. Heal what is sick. Bind up all the wounded ones. Give grace. Give salvation. Give revelation in our midst. Confirm thy holy word in all of us and through all of us for the glory and for the praise of your wonderful and holy name of Jesus. Hallelujah! 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 God is gegenwärtig! Hallelujah! 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 Preis und Ehre, Ruhm und Anbieter, Ruhm und Anbieter, Halleluja, 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 Preis sei Gott, Preis sei Gott, Preis sei Gott, Halleluja, Halleluja. Oh Gott, oh Gott, 
Hallelujah. 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 